Hey, what's up, guys? Hope you guys enjoy that guitar riff. That's my dad. This episode, it's my childhood best friend, Mikey. He and I go way back since before the pyramids, 2008. And he played Division I lacrosse in college. And he and I are going to discuss a bunch of interesting topics, one of which is muscle activation techniques, or MAT. It's this brand new field. A lot of institutions and colleges are throwing millions of dollars at it because it is so cutting edge and it's leading a lot of people to recovery in their physical therapy, Mikey included. So we're going to cover that, CBD, um, the benefits of sauna and cold showers, thermoregulation, and we're also going to dive into his background in weight training and calisthenics and just his whole lifestyle and how he's become so fit. I'm so excited to introduce the world, you guys, to Mikey, my childhood best friend. So without further ado, here's the episode. All right, Mikey, it's great to have you, man. Um, we've been talking about having you on the podcast for a while, and uh, it's here, man. So you guys who don't know, Mikey's my best friend. Uh, we've known each other since 2008, where we got into sports together. We were on the same soccer team, and we ended up wrestling also in high school and I actually want to get into your sports background because it's so interesting, your career, how you got into very competitive level sports. So what, how did sports influence your, your development? How, how did sports play a role in your identity? Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. Um, so speaking to this, what sports did for me as, a, as, as, a, as developing into a person, just the... Probably just the competitive nature of uh, going out, lining up against somebody and, you know, no smoke and mirrors, whatever you put into it, you're going to get out. And it was a bit of a bit of a metaphor for, for life is always what I heard from my coaches. So um, have enjoyed multiple sports, enjoyed competing at all sorts of levels and enjoyed making relationships all along the way. Yeah, man. I mean, I love that, that you discovered that from an early age a lot of kids uh, I mean there's nothing wrong with playing for the love of the for the sport but um, a lot of kids don't notice that 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 what you just noted that a lot of sports specifically contact sports they teach a lot about life and like grit of going through something to get something at the at the end delayed gratification that's a lot of values that uh, sports teaches to people and I'm glad that uh, that you took full advantage of those lessons uh, you took sports and you really made it part of who you are. I, I've watched you grow as an athlete and I am so excited to, to touch into the uh, how lacrosse played a role in your life. That that journey you have with lacrosse is so, it's such a crazy story. Uh, could you get into that? Um, absolutely. Uh, so what you're alluding to is... I guess um, kind of starting at the beginning, I was a soccer player all the way up until my freshman year of high school. Um, my mom was always concerned and never let me play, um, never let me play contact sports um, throughout my young years. I was always kind of the run to the run to the pack, um, smaller than everybody, a little bit, um, just not quite physically developed enough. And she finally broke when I asked her if I if I could play freshman football at Westwood High School in uh, Chantilly, Virginia, and um, from there, it was uh, just a straight shot of um, that, putting myself into all these various sports, uh, starting with football, going on to wrestle with you, being on the wrestling team, and then picking up a, a stick my freshman year for the, the spring season, and ending up that cross became my primary sport, and I actually went on to... Um, the University of Michigan to compete at the Division One level. You know how crazy that is, though. You picked up a lacrosse stick freshman year of high school, and then you ended up being recruited at the elite level, and then you started playing Big Ten, dude. Big Ten Conference, University of Michigan. That's a great school, and um, it's it's crazy that you have that journey with lacrosse. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was, I think, usually on the head earlier about the idea of um, it's 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 grit. It's um, it was a love for sport, and to be honest, my probably the biggest role, or when I when I look back at it, was that my parents really didn't didn't give to give too much about um, if I played sports, uh, what sports I played. But obviously, my mom was you know concerned about my safety. But when she 
um, took off the precautions and let me do whatever I wanted. They really, really didn't give give too uh, too much to what sports I played and didn't really push me. Didn't really give too much um, attention to what I did, and so I was really. Um, self-driven with it and now coaching and kind of looking at my athletes now and working with um players um right now it's it's always been that message to the parents about if you want to get the most out of your kids and um for them to reach their full potential it has to be you know on them it has to be player driven and just you know put them in a good spot and um encourage them but you know get get out of the way and let them let them really be the driver of this thing yeah, and that's great. And I'm I'm curious if you see a little bit of yourself in these kids you're developing. If any of them consider Michigan, and also if you could get like get into what it was like being a Division One college athlete. What, what what did your days look like? Um, what kind of values did that teach you? And how did your life change? Yeah. So, um, so the the players I'm working with right now are actually um, on the younger side, but. Um, I actually did have a significant role in a recruitment of a player to the University of Michigan um, that actually was able to come on campus the year I graduated, and it was uh, it worked out nicely that I was able to um, um, to uh, make make that happen or to help that process of um, getting an athlete on campus to, to play lacrosse for the team, um, and so. Um, what what it was like being a being a college athlete at Michigan was um, it was like like any other um, like any other college college athlete would say regardless of um, if the level of sport was club all the way up to Division one um, it's it's it has its demands and I think the best way that was it was put to me was when I got on campus was our defensive coordinator said that straight up you guys will not have a regular student experience of being a student athlete is going to be two jobs and that uh, you guys aren't going to just have the normal college experience compared to all these other students on campus that aren't a part of the athletic department and aren't representing the black M on the athletic field so it was it was it was it was quickly having to develop time management, right? Um, ability to work with work with a lot of different people towards a goal. Um, the ability to you know at times to just put your nose down and to really work through something and um, really decide if it, it was for you or not. And obviously, we always had um, we always had fallout. We always had attrition uh, for every class I was recruited to Michigan. So it was, if, if, if you hadn't gone there, if you hadn't gone to school on campus um, to truly embrace being a student athlete, you were, you were probably gone after your freshman year. Um, it was, it certainly has its demands and it's the ones that thrive in that environment are ones that want to be there and um, have that, have that innate drive to, to compete and to uh, try to be the best at whatever you're, whatever you're doing. Awesome, yeah, dude. It, it sounds like they instill a lot of discipline too. I mean, you got to have the time management, which um, is definitely a life skill, and um, it, that that's really interesting. Is there anything that um, people don't understand about being a D one athlete? Um, the people that keep saying that you're just like that, that's wrong. That's not true. Oh, good question. Good question. Uh, Could it be that there's wrongly assumed that you guys get all the girls? I mean, I've heard horror stories about you. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We, uh, that's true. We, we, we do well. We, uh, we, uh, we'd always have a fair share of, um, of, uh, of females that would always want to meet us at the you know the local watering hole and um you're well connected they were, huh you were well connected we were well connected and the coolest <laughs> part about being a student athlete was the community of you know you you 
you were so often in that, you know, in, in, in the same areas as these other teams, whether it was you were eating meals together with other athletes, if you were, we, were, we, had, our own, we had our own building for academics at the University of Michigan. A lot of money um, coming in, uh, yeah. Yes, and um, so just being around them so often, um, it was it was it was very cool to build relationships on the lacrosse side and like be with the guys and what was so also if I can um, the the guys that I, I played with at Michigan we were primarily we were we, were, we I don't want to say primarily but we were all you know recruited from different parts of the area and we primarily were not a in-state Michigan team we maybe had two three kids that came through the program that was from the state of Michigan the reason why I bring that up is that to be able, we, we were not an East Coast based university where you might be two three hours away from home where you might be able to mm-hmm. make a weekend trip on the weekend to uh, see your family and so that being said us being kind of isolated and kind of on our own made us even more close because of that um, bringing it back so same that was the same sort of situation with a lot of the student athletes at Michigan, at least for the most part, were out of out of state, um, out of state uh, individuals. So that also played um, played a role in how how we formed relationships about kind of leaning on each other a bit more than than um, than athletes at schools that where they were closer to home. That's true, dude. I didn't think about that. Yeah, in the East Coast, there's so many smaller states stacked on top of each other people are closer to home you're in the middle of michigan a lot of those guys have to travel far sometimes they don't travel at all i remember you stayed there for multiple breaks sometimes and you have to stay with practicing with the team that is very uh yeah a lot of dedicated time towards the towards the, towards those guys uh dude yeah that's a good point um what's your fitness background i remember you and i you're one of the first people i started lifting weights with remember when you had that bench in your basement yeah, we uh, yeah, that was that was well used. Lots uh, lots of wear and tear on that bad boy. Dude, it took forever um, for me to put a patty on, and you were I think we were in eighth grade. You were already like throwing up a patty. A patty is a forty five pound plate, so that's one thirty five. So you're strong, man. You out the gates, you were just like throwing that iron up. Um. Yeah, I think where that started was. Um. So what happened? how I got introduced to the weight room and kind of kind of what would have really kicked off my fitness journey not to say that playing soccer before wasn't like a good background and um I was a skier that also gave me a good background just um to be able to feel my body in space and start to introduce me to, to um these athletic movements but specifically to the fitness side to the weight training mm-hmm. um where the, the weight training I started was when I got introduced to these freshman football workouts at my lo- at, our, at our local high school, and that was just that was um, beyond ten out of ten. Probably the main reason how I was was able to develop physically. Um, the coaches taking us in the weight room, just putting us through. Um, simple, simple, simple motions from the back squat to a proper pull up to the bench press and just being able to throw external load on you as a 14 year old um, and just to introduce us to the environment of a weight room was probably the coolest, coolest thing. Yeah, man. And I remember that summer you guys blew up. My folks didn't let me play football as you all know, but you guys all ballooned that summer, man. I, I, there's a lot of people who believe the misconception that lifting at 14 is bad for you but every one of you guys like got healthier you guys got stronger um and i mean i did lift on my own but like definitely doing being in an environment like that that can only be beneficial to your to your growth what do you what do you think about uh, lifting at 14 i mean obviously you've done it yourself what do you think um well I'm currently uh, five foot six, so maybe if I had been throwing on two patties on my back um, at the age of 15, I'd be a little couple inches taller. Um, but no, it was as, as like a as a 14 year old kid, and you're just starting to get into the weight room. You're starting to really feel your body, and you're you're in that testosterone driven state with just all this growth hormone that's running through your veins. You throw a little external load, and you just see veins popping up here and there. You you 
if, you know, you, you get a pump and you, you just, you, you kind of run off and mm-hmm. um, you just start to build your confidence through that um, physically and it rubs off onto other things and helps you, helps you develop into a, to a, to a better person, in my opinion, when you're able to show strength. Yeah, that's, that. I'm glad you said that. That's definitely something I had here uh, that I wanted to talk to you about is how did training, weight training in your case, develop you as a man down the road? How is, some, how is that a life? How did that prepare you for life? Just, just knowing that if, um, I got a real taste of this at, in college actually, that um, if, you're not, if you're not strong, you're not well built, and you get pushed around physically like that is that will tear you down like if you don't have the ability to defend yourself um that just does not bode well for like how you feel um emotionally and mentally so being getting strong maybe even taking like a few you know taking note of like what you should do if someone someone were to confront you and you know having just a little bit of a back of how you deal with that situation mm-hmm. um and bringing this back to across specific actually i got a good story for you i actually got into a fight <laughs> uh, my freshman year with the june with a junior who was in my same position and he was a bit bigger than me and i was on the ground and he would hit me in the back of the head with his shaft with his stick and okay either i would concede and you know like kind of just whimper off and you know, let him kind of like dominate me in that humiliating fashion or I kind of jump up and I throw something back and that's what I did. We, uh, we got tangled up and, um, you know, we got separated and, um, guys kind of, you know, I was, I was a freshman on the team. It was, it was, it was, it was a fall, fall season. So we were just on campus and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, guys kind of saw that and took a look at me. It was like, okay, this guy's, you know, you don't, you don't, he's not going to take and pushed around and gain cheap shots. So, um, that, that bolded well for respect for me. And I kind of, um, felt good about myself for being able to, you know, act, act the right way in that situation, in my opinion. Damn right, dude. I mean, and that's gonna happen. I'm glad you uh, you share that with us. That's definitely life will present its difficulties like that, and physical confrontation happens more frequently than people care to admit. Um, I'm glad you didn't let yourself get dominated by that guy's shaft <laughs> in that situation. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a tough scene to see. Tough scene to see, uh, but dude, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and um, one thing I like to say about this is. Um, being strong also translates to um, taking care of people who can't for themselves, um, whether that is a confrontation or just being useful. You know, multiple times when I travel with uh, with my fiance, um, well, then girlfriend, when we were in Paris, I had to like carry both our suitcases, which were fifty pounds each, up and down the city. Um, the train stations where we were at, they were like closed, so we had to go to other place. And basically, if I didn't have the strength or the VO2 max or the lung capacity to run, like then we would have had to take a taxi, and we didn't have that much money back then to afford that back and forth throughout the city. So we just had to run. And just doing moments like that, imagine if I wasn't with my girlfriend. Imagine if I had a family, you know, and I had to carry everyone's stuff. Just being useful that's 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 worth it in and of in of itself just to make yourself useful by being strong by being physically healthy to take care of others if that's not a big enough incentive to get clean get healthy then i don't know what is amen great point there oh yeah dude so as you know when i i mean i've i've trained with weights with you man and um but since graduating uh i got you a little bit on the calisthenics trend on the body weight training i i i saw you doing some handstand push-ups against the tree um what are what are some body weight exercises that that you like to do what are some that you're trying to learn how to do and what do you think about body weight training in general um well i i think um i can refer back to um when you were really making a push and really trying to make a dent into uh introducing calisthenics into your life um, obviously I jumped on the boat, jumped on the train and wanted to, um, wanted to, uh, 
um, entertain you with what I could do. And so, as, as you remember, I've, I sent you a few videos of myself chucking myself up on a tree and trying to do some handstand push-ups and um, going to what we call God's Gym. Yeah. Um, out in uh, out at the local playground. Um, so, calisthenics, the body weight stuff, has always been you know, part of my... Um, workout routine whether it was at whether if it was a part of a program i was getting from the university of michigan's lacrosse team um back in high school when i was um working out with the the football team with the lacrosse team with the wrestling team and in fact i actually have the pull-up record for the university of michigan's lacrosse team so hell yeah i've always um i've always loved my uh, my pull-ups what was the record Um, push-ups 26 pull-ups. 26 pull-ups, nice. Yeah, I was, I was uh, obviously myself having a smaller frame and short arms and kind of a beef stick in the middle of my body. It was uh, pretty automatic. It still <laughs> is. Um, and so, absolutely, there's a time and place for it. And um, it can actually be pretty pretty fun in terms of just being able to throw your body around um, effortlessly yeah. compared to you know, you see, you see these heavy, um, heavy lifting power lifters that, you know, maybe able to desk squat a quarter ton or something like that, but you know, can't throw himself on a bar and can't move as freely through space as say somebody that's got, um, good, good, uh, body, body image to, um, what's the word? Um, like the proportion body strength to body ratio. Is yeah, that right? yeah. 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 Yeah, because you you can be strong and like completely motionless. I mean, you can't move, you can't turn around. Lord forbid someone puts a post-it note on your back, you can't reach it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've seen that. But I, I yeah, I love that. You know, um, you being able to do twenty six pull ups is ridiculous. Even if you cut that in half, that's a good number. Um, that's that's awesome, and it's definitely something that I've been trying to get people to. Do a little bit more in their routines. Um, pull-ups, push-ups, absolute staples. And any variation of that is great, too. Um, can you do a muscle-up? I was just about to ask you if what, what your journey has been towards a muscle-up. And yes, I can do um, at... I've, I haven't tried lately, but at the University of Michigan, when I was playing out there, I could do I could, I could do a few. Nice, dude. That, that requires a lot of like plyometric strength. There's the explosiveness that you need. Uh, I've been I've been trying, dude. I have a I can do it when I have a band on the bar and in my feet. You know, okay, that's uh, a start. It's a start, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to lighten the bands until I don't need it anymore. Uh, I've I've been told that the key is the transition, so trying to get that explosiveness in. So I've been trying to do some uh, weighted pull ups with the weight belt. Mm. But yeah, man, it's 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 a work in progress. And the cool thing is about calisthenics is that it demands that you have low body fat because every pound counts. I mean, Amen. if I'm at, I don't know, 20% body fat, then that's a lot of pounds that are not working towards me. You, you want those pounds to be muscle, you know? Um, I, don't, I don't know what... I haven't, I haven't weighed myself at all this year, um, but last year I was 175 and I was around... 14, 15% body fat. So I'm going to buy a scale one of these days and I'm going to update everyone. But What are your goals for the year 2021 in terms of your um, body mass index or BMI? Yeah. So you brought up that the the better your BMI, the better you'll be able to um, develop your calisthenic strength. Exactly. Um, In college, we used to go to this this supplement store, Five Star Fitness, and they had this um, really cool scale that would tell you your body fat and everything and there it said that i had 90 pounds skeletal muscle mass that i was 175 literally the exact same since graduating and around 15 percent body fat I actually dropped the lowest i've ever dropped it i think was 12 percent. but uh, my goal is to gain 10 pounds of muscle so i'm looking at 100 pounds of skeletal muscle mass and then yeah that'd be that'd be the uh the ideal and hopefully stay under 15 percent body fat another question i have for you man um have you suffered any injuries what do you do to recover and i know you've been doing muscle activation techniques what are those so 
history of injuries range from um, stress fractures in my shoulder, um, a bunch of hamstring pulls, and actually dealing with some patella and um, inflammation of my left knee. Um, and all things that just, you know, wear and tear of being an athlete, whatever sort of athlete you are, um, just the nature of putting the pounding and putting the load on your body. Um, things will get hindered, things will rub the wrong way and possibly break when um, you thought they'd be bending. Um, nonetheless, um, my recovery strategies I wasn't too good with in high school. I adapted a bit better uh, routines when I was in college, but I've really taken on um, the, the caretaker of my body post-college, now in my, my, my mid-20s. Um, and that looks like a lot of lot of cold. I've got a cold top in my backyard, which is um, I live in the northern hemisphere, and um, it's been it's always chilly. And I always try to jump in there once a day to uh, keep the inflammation in my body at bay. Um, nice. We also have a sauna where uh, in my in, in, in my house where I live, and I'll often use that and tremendous benefits with that. And I'll often go back and forth and have that sort of um, heat code heat cold transition with uh with my full body um i'm a subscriber to kelly starrett with uh, all sorts of um soft tissue massages that i i love doing on my body everything you know literally from head to toe to gut smashing um to to um to using magnesium lotion and a cbd lotion which has been an absolute game changer just from my um my, my past injuries and the past traumas that I've put on my body to uh, help uh, help nurture my, my body and to allow me to do what I can what I can do today with um, still competing and still trying to stay as physically active as possible. Yeah, man. Um, I heard a lot of good things about CBD. You take it, you do it topically. You put it on top of your skin, or do you take uh, the oils too? I, I have taken the oils before and I've taken topically. I recommend both. Um, the, the topical, if you've got this one spot on your body, which is just an absolute prone, if it's, if it's very prone to irritation, um, find some topical, slap it on. Um, highly recommend it. It's, 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 it's very, very often to hear um, when people use it. It's, it's an absolute game changer. Um, as for um, the uh, the serum, um, game changer for the sleep. Um, if if you're having trouble sleeping, um, obviously there are much more qualified professionals speak on this. But um, stories and stories are out there of uh, CBD assisting with sleep and um, helping out with anxiety and all these other um, all these other. Uh, you know, just like recovery stuff, because like when you get, when you get um, anxious, you know, more than anything, stress, cortisol, that can really put a hole in your recovery process. Yeah, one hundred percent. And also, what actually just came to mind is uh, another tool that I use to help with recovery is actually a grounding mat that um, that I read up on and purchased, and um, I don't know if necessarily it's been helping. Um, I don't have any sort of metric on it, but you know the the effects of grounding and earthing have always been um, have always have 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 been studied, and there is research out there showing uh, the great benefits of it. So I've heard of it. That's is that the electromagnetic? You know how like we have uh, electric impulses, right? Is that the one where like just like you would with a house, you have a grounding uh, line that just plugs it straight into the earth? So like if there is a like a surge. It, all of that energy escapes through and goes into the earth. Is that what you're talking about? There's a grounding mat that does the same with our bodies, electric impulses? Yeah, you're exactly right. That, <laughs> But you, you haven't felt anything crazy yet, you said? No. Okay. Nothing, uh, nothing too noticeable, but I'm, I'm putting faith in science. Gotcha, yeah. And yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about the hot and cold. Like, you turned me on to uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She... Talks a lot about the benefits of, of um, going to the both extremes, extreme heat and extreme cold, and how that we as humans have uh, thermoregulation. We can control the temperature of our bodies. If you look up a guy like Wim Hof, you know this better than anyone. 
he can control his body's temperature with his breath. And if you go research any yogi, like actual yogis in the Himalayas, in Nepal, in India, they do a lot of breath work too. And they can really control their, they can regulate their heat. They can thermoregulate. Um, I, I think saunas are fantastic. I prefer the steam room, but I heard that dry saunas are actually better for you. What are you, what are your thoughts? Which one do you guys have in your house? We have a ultraviolet sauna. Um, gets up to about 170. And Oof. from what I read in the manual, um, the only difference between a UV and a dry sauna is that apparently there's a deeper sweat that happens when you expose yourself to the UV. Um, you don't tan yourself? We, Are you sure you're not in like a tanning salon booth? Um, I, I, no, no. This is uh, this is the real deal. I think. Okay. Um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll double back on it, um, but the uh, again the uh, the contrast actually to uh, to speak on the cold thermogenesis a bit. Um, actually, plan on going to meet with a level two Wim Hof trainer. Um, next week for a, a basic workshop of, you know, working on the breath, um, getting used to the cold, and kind of things I've already been kind of just trying on my own with our with our own ice bath out back, and about, you know, jumping in, throwing your head down into, uh, you know, chilly water, and resisting that urge to freak out, and you know, mm-hmm. to essentially running to go into the to the um, the flight mode and to just be able to simmer down and tell your body that, Hey, we're going to, we're going to stay here a while. So how about you start bringing, bringing the resources to keep us here? That's nice, dude. That's, that's, that's trains the mind power, you know, just like how you've been doing cold showers every morning for years. That trains you. Like when we go, we go. That's, that's something that's training your mind. That's something that you can't teach. That's something you have to go through. That's something you have to learn and develop. Um, I definitely think, Training in the cold is much harder than training extreme heat. Uh, more people go in saunas than they take than than people who take cold showers. So I'm glad you're doing Amen. that. I'm glad you're advocating for it because it's really good for you too. But uh, could you go into muscle activation techniques? You were telling me a lot about that. That's uh, your leg, your thigh has been bothering you, and they've been using this. What is what is MAT? So MAT is like you said, it's uh, muscle activation technique and um it was popularized pop popularized by um an athletic trainer by the name of um he is the trainer for the denver broncos and his name is i believe gregory schwartz we may have to cut that out Mateo. I don't, <laughs> it's I don't fine, know it's fine. um but no, I've uh, I've been seeing a muscle activation technique specialist um, in the DC area. That essentially the premise. I'm no. I'm certainly no expert on it, and I hope that you're able to come in contact with um, with a MAT RX specialist who is, if you, if in terms of sort of like classwork that they've done, um, a MAT RX specialist is just finished grad school if that's the comparison okay. of um the mat schooling and what i've gathered so far about meeting with them and you know going through what they're able to do to the body it's the approach of the neuromuscular system of your body kind of um contrary to kelly starrett where you know you attack these muscles you roll them out you attack the knots and you apply external force to the um to the, the fascia of the body, but rather the approach of the MAT specialists is they take a very, I want to say, very holistic approach to to uh, the body where they see tightness as uh, a, protected, a, pro- a protecting mechanism by the brain saying that, hey, you're overworking this muscle because this other muscle isn't picking up the slack. And so how they go in is they attack, they adjust the balance to, they, they adjust the balance where they'll poke and prod and they'll, they'll literally poke and prod muscles and act to quote unquote activate the muscle, um, turn them on so that 
these muscles that were dormant are now activated, working well, and can take off the load of that one muscle that was showing tightness. And so that's where that balance, um, that's how they attack attack problems. And they try to rebalance the body through the neuromuscular um, um, system. That's awesome, dude. So there's the neuromuscular connection where your neurons and your in your brain and your the it, you know how it communicates with your muscles and your motor functions. You're saying that sometimes there's a lapse where certain muscles aren't turned on, they don't have that neurological connection and so these guys come in and use tools or do they use their hands? How do they activate muscles that are dormant? They literally use their so they'll do what's called a muscle test. And so they'll say, hey, um, I've been having pain in my my left side of my lower back. And so they'll, you know, put you on your back, um, test out specific muscles that are associated with that area of your pain. And if they'll, they'll, they'll see what is working, what's essentially what's strong and what's weak um, in that specific area. And then where they find weakness, they'll... Um, they'll again activate by poking that muscle prodding that muscle um bringing a lot of that muscle essentially and they'll go back and they'll retest and what it's it's the craziest thing like being being an athlete at the university of michigan and you know going through injuries doing physical therapy having wonderful athletic trainers there but yet the things that this the mat has done for me has blown my mind and I don't want to. I don't want to brag too much, but the University of Michigan's athletic medicine department. You know, we we at Michigan, everybody's you know are saying is leaders and best, and yet we had we never. There's no the athletic medicine department has now invested in a muscle activation technique specialist, and when I saw, I've seen been seeing mine for the last two three years. There's things that have been done on my body that. I've never felt before and just the, the feeling of unlocking my body in a sense yeah and just have or is not has not been or was was not um, done before in traditional physical therapy so it's this completely unlocked like or brand new rather field that even like a renowned sports institution like university of michigan athletics has only recently tapped into that's that's crazy i don't think uh, to my knowledge i don't think they've had a muscle activation technique specialist on staff in any on any of the sports teams or anywhere in the athletic medicine department that's awesome dude well you've you've been seeing one in dc and um what what were they treating if i could ask and have you felt any different um, it's been, it's so, I primarily, it's been whenever I would meet with a specialist and they would, they would work on me, it would either be to do with my, my left leg, um, primarily my lower back has always been an issue and they've been attacking, um, actually my, my, my left foot, my left hip flexor and, um, I've, they, they've been very good about waking up these muscles, um, throughout my, my, my calf, um, in my foot specifically, and up into uh, my, my hip area. And again, just as they go through and they're testing these muscles and finding out where my weak points are, and then you know, bringing to life those muscles, retesting, feeling them strong, feeling them become strong again, and then going out and going about whatever I'm doing, whether it's weight training, whatever physically um, things I'm doing, um, I can feel I don't feel as sore. I don't feel the areas of tightness that I have in the past. Okay. Because of that, that muscle balance that they've introduced to my body. That's awesome, dude. I hope I hope there's more science into this and uh, MAT is available to more people because it sounds like it definitely changed your uh, your recovery and your process. Dude, I have a question about your diet. What? How do you eat? What does your diet look like? So it's uh, what is it? January is carnivore diet. I've uh, I've, I've taken a page out of um, the uh, the con- I've taken a page out of the carnivore diet. Um, popularized by uh, just the famous Joe Rogan, and um, 
I've, uh, I, 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 again, leaning, looking back in my, um, my college, my college lacrosse career, um, I was just, and I was all about just putting calories in my body, whether, whether it was a couple liquid cheeseburgers with the guys, um, after practice or, um, that extra slice of pizza. I really, um, I always, you know, I was, I always saw myself as a, as a burning, burning chimney, you know, whatever, whatever sort of firewood that I throw in, I would you know, undoubtedly use it as fuel, but now, um, being, being out of school and maybe not being as active as I used to be, um, Mm -hmm. with, with the workload, with the physical workload that I had at, at college, um, I've definitely made better, better diet decisions with, um, staying away from, from, from BS, from, from, from crap, from, um, from, you know, the, 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 the starches, the white breads, the, um, Mm -hmm. Just, just the nonsense, and you know, keeping, keeping to eating quality meats. Um, a lot of, lot of coconut oil. Love coconut oil. Yeah. And um, been, been a lot, at least like let me speak to at least January so far. It's been all, all meat, all, all eggs. If you want to consider throw that into the diet, and I've also been pretty pretty consistent with supplementation of beef organs which is kind of you know um, nice nice it's it's the, the beef organ supplementation has really coined the the nose to tail um carnivore diet um which organs are you so, taking are you, are you doing uh liver lots of liver kidneys pancreas and um i believe there's one more um absolutely not like advocating for you know supplementation as as um as a cornerstone of your diet but um right now i just i I just don't have the money to buy if preferably if i could i'd be buying and ordering and eating um real real beef organs cooking them up um but just for um just for experimentation to keep sticking to real meats real cuts of meat and supplementing with beef organs um, so I've been, I've been feeling great. It's, uh, I don't necessarily, um, I think the biggest thing I felt was the, 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 the crash from carbs when I was at school. Yeah. Um, you know, having, having, um, having a big carbo load at lunch, which, you know, our athletic dietitian will always tell you, you know, carbs are the life's fuel source and, I'd always be eating, you know, the pastas before the games. I'd always be eating the sandwiches, the white breads, the even the whole, whole grains. But um, I'd I'd always feel that that spike in blood sugar and that 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 drop after you know an hour after a meal, and definitely did hinder me when I was competing at that high of a level. And now I just don't feel it anymore. I'm very feel very consistent with my energy levels throughout the day. That's huge too. Yeah, exactly. Because. When you eat, in general, your insulin goes up. But when you eat carbs, the crash is really, really bad, and really, you can feel it in your mood. You can feel it in in, in a lot of different ways. And um, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're taking uh, you're eating some organs, whether they're desiccated liver organs, like the pills, or if you eat a fresh um, and cooked liver. Uh, liver is really, really great for you. Um, I'm trying to eat more organs myself. Actually, I'm I'm glad you said that. Um, I think that uh, people misinterpret the carnivore diet. I think they think it means eat only meats, um, but you need to eat, like you said, nose to tail, eat the liver. Um, a lot of people eat the thalamus. My mom loves eating uh, cow tongue as like a delicacy. Down I was just about to say, that's where my mind went. Um, yeah. she, she actually made me try that. Um, Did you really? We were down, pouring, uh, we're in South America for your um your aunt's wedding that one time yeah 2014 yeah I'll, I'll try anything it was uh, from yeah. what I remember it's delicious dude when she a, a human tongue is massive it goes down to like almost half to where your throat is all the way it's, it's long a beef a cow tongue it's so massive it's so scary to look at but uh it's good for you and like eating brains and the heart and like the thalamus and the liver and the kidneys it's something that was actually really really um it's part of our DNA. We're supposed to eat that. And um, I highly recommend listening to Dr. Paul Saladino. Um, I don't know if you heard of him. He wrote The Carnivore Code. 
He's he's on a lot of podcasts. He he was on Joe Rogan too, and he advocates um, eating nose to tail as well. And he does point out that when they observe lions in the wild, it's the alpha lion that eats like first, and he almost always goes for the liver first because they're just it's so good for you. It's great tasting. Most people don't even realize they ate liver before. Have you ever had that like uh, duck pate? That's actually duck liver pate. It comes in those like tubes and you can spread that on toast. People have had that all the time um, and it's really, really good for you. The, f- the flavor is pretty strong, but it's a great flavor. And I'm glad you're normalizing eating liver because it's, it's just so good for you. And um, that's actually one of my New Year's resolutions. It's to sun my balls more and to eat more organs. Yeah, how's the setting of the balls going there in, uh, in the sun- sunshine state? Dude, here in Colorado, I'm in Denver uh, right now, and um, it's actually kind of nice. We're facing east, um, so we get the morning sun here, and that's a great way to wake up the body, get some vitamin D naturally, and all I do is just like, you know, make make sure the boys are waking up as well. <laughs> good, good. Let them uh, let them see the light of day once in a while. Yeah. So um, we're getting towards the end of the. This interview, man, dude, I'm, you're sharing so much stuff, dude. I, I wish I could catch you, like, just keep you here for another hour. But um, I have one more question for you. Who is a fictional role model you have, and a non-fictional role model you have? Oh, baby, um, non-fictional role model, um, Tom Brady. There We're you both, go. Both, uh, both Michigan men, and. I um, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. So um, when I was competing at Michigan, um, I wanted to, you know, to to be to be a great athlete and I just to be great at anything. I think the the mental component of it is arguably the most vital thing. And so um, Tom, being being a being a Michigan Wolverine, you know. Um, Playing at Mich- playing at Michigan, going on to the NFL, and you know, still playing today and being considered the greatest player of all time. Right. Um, I took I took it upon myself to find Tom Brady's guru at Michigan, which there's this um, documentary out there about the Brady Six, I believe, and they interview a guy by the name of um, Greg Harden, who works in the sports psychologist. Sports psychologist, yes, sports psychologist department in the athletic department at Michigan, mm-hmm. and in the document, in the docu, um, in the documentary, um, they interview him, and he says how Tom went to him and would go to him for advice, would look to him for mentorship, would look to him just to develop his overall mental game, um, approach to football, and you see him now and. Um, Undoubtedly, the reason that he's able to do all these things now into his early 40s when no one has done anything like this or has been in any sort of waters like he is right now um, is because of his mentality, of his his uh, his, his mental fortitude. And so yeah. um, I went ahead and met with Greg, um, asked him about Tom, um, and... Learn the the ins and ins and outs of um, you know what it takes to have a have a mind of a champion, and it was it was brilliant to hear him say that Tom was pretty pretty ordinary when he came to him. He had a desire. He was always very competitive, and Greg really helped him to craft the mindset of um, it's it's the man in the mirror about you know these these things are great that you're you're doing well at, but. Um, the real, the real champion is that that guy that kind of blocks up the noise and just wants to do better the day, the, the next day, than wants to do better for the guy in the mirror. So, um, Tom is Tom is the idol, and as as a, a nonfiction uh, character. Hell yeah, dude! And yeah, you guys are both uh, Michigan Wolverines. The best compliment I got was from a guy by a guy by the name of Brian Towson, who's the head of the leadership department. Um, impact at Michigan and I sat down with him for like a 30 man talk just to um, you know he was offering up this like leadership um, course and he'd done something with the lacrosse team and I wanted to follow up and I sat down with him and we went through the packet um, page by page and 
whatever whatever my score was, we uh, we really dove into it and made it personalized. And he got up in the end and said, you know what, you remind me a lot of Tom. All right. And that was just like the best compliment I'd ever gotten. Wow. Um, he, uh, he knew a lot of Tom. He was the strength coach back. He was one of the strength coaches back when Tom was on the team. He graduated just before. And so he saw Tom for all five years. He was at Michigan and um, sounds like he, he, um, he, he, he got to know Tom pretty well. And it was, it was a nice, nice couple of words. And he saw a lot of Tom and you. I suppose, yeah. So Tom was, you know, the goat. He is, he is the epitome of um, the most powerful thing you have is your mind. Right. Um, so moving on to a fictional character. Gosh. Um, You're well read. What is there? Someone? I, I am. I, I, I've got a. I've got a guy in my head. Um, gosh, I, I. I don't have his. His, his name is, is. Is escaping me. But. Um, what about someone I can, I, in history? Someone who uh, was non-fictional, but someone who's no longer walking amongst us. Because um, I know you're more of a history buff, anyways. Yeah, I love. Um, I love. I love Lincoln. I love. Uh, I love the humble upbringings. I love his the idea of he was just an ordinary man that made the most of himself, and that you know through through sheer, sheer will and diligence and willpower and all these things that we all start as ordinary you know some people may have one leg up here and there um in terms of resources or intellectual ability but it's i love i love what he says on character with terms of he just tried to make the most of himself what a leader he turned out to be that's that's a lot of insight you just gave and um, I'm really glad we I'm really glad to have you on the show man it's it's been great we got I'm gonna have you on a lot more you I know you have a I'm gonna pick your brain because you do a lot of a lot of other cool stuff in terms of recovery and bodybuilding and stuff so I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke your brain a little bit later but so far this has been great I know I told you it's gonna be 20 minutes we're at 52 minutes now <laughs> so I just want to so I just want to thank you again, man. If, is there anything else you want to say? Any last, uh, any last words you have? Um, thanks for having me on. Um, keep making the most of yourself, and for all those, uh, for all those individuals that are looking to uh, to bear themselves out there, um, you're in the right spot for some resources. And um, yeah. All right. <laughs> all right, Mikey. Well. Dude, it's been great having you, and uh, I'll definitely have you back. So take it easy, man. Go Hokies. Go Blue.